The office of DOD's chief management officer officially ceased to exist on January 1st, and the Pentagon is not wasting any time deciding how to replace the CMO functions. A pair of memos the deputy defense secretary signed this week make several changes to DOD's organizational chart. One of the biggest takeaways, the already powerful DOD comptroller's office is about to get even more powerful. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has been covering the demise of the CMO, and he joins me now with the latest. All right, Jared, this looks like a pretty sweeping memo. Give us the highlights. Well, well, Tom, I think the biggest deal is, as as you said in the in the lead in there, a, a much bigger role for DOD's Office of the Comptroller. So not only are they in charge of building and overseeing budgetary matters and financial management for the entire department, they are now going to inherit what you could say was probably the CMO's biggest high-profile missions, which was overseeing business process improvements across the department. So the comptroller will now serve officially as DOD's performance improvement officer. They're going to be in charge of all the Government Performance Results Act responsibilities that each agency across the federal government has. Really everything having to do with business reform, which was, you could say, kind of the core of the CMO mission. So they're, they're, uh, the, the comptroller's office is charged with designating a special unit within the comptroller's office to handle those separate functions that presumably will happen sometime later this year we, we should say it's a bit surprising how, how quickly dod is moving on all of this the ndaa that just took effect when congress overrode president trump's veto on january 1st officially abolished the cmo as we've talked about before um, but the, that same legislation gave dod a full year to figure out exactly how they wanted to redistribute the cmo's responsibilities throughout the department and to report back to congress so The fact that they're moving so quickly within just 11 days here to do a lot of the heavy lifting is is sort of a big deal. There's other elements here that we can talk about, too, such as an enhanced role for the Office of uh, Cost uh, Assessment and Program Evaluation and some of the other moving parts. But I, I, I do think the comptroller bid is in some ways the most interesting. Yes. And with respect to when it happened, of course, you had it happen now with 127 or 135, whatever it is, hours left in the administration. There is barely a secretary of defense in place so the timing seems a little i don't know what would you say it's uh, trying to get this one over the line for the next crew yeah i'm not sure there's anything nefarious going on here i talked with arnold punaro retired major general who served on the defense business board and actually led a very comprehensive study on how to replace the chief management officer position for the dbb last year and he says this is this really shouldn't be a surprise because the defense secretary and the deputy defense secretary were kind of behind or at least you know moderately supportive of this provision they knew it was coming they decided to just start moving out on this right away and he says the incoming secretary and deputy should actually be somewhat grateful for this if i was sitting in their shoes and i'm not but i know both of them pretty well this makes so much sense and it's so logical this is a big help to them because it gives them for example, the recreating of the Doc Cook organization, the old director of administration and management, the mayor of the Pentagon, bringing that out from under the, uh, the CMO bureaucracy and the layers of management and putting it right back under the secretary and the deputy where they can snap their finger and make things happen, that's going to be a tremendous advantage to them. And I know, for example, CapEx has been around when you had the old Doc Cook organization, and I think that was one of the reasons uh, that that we, again, this is something we recommended on the DBB to make it more responsive to the senior management and senior leaders of the Pentagon. And there seems to be uh, quite an emphasis on the idea of data, data management, and all of this pursuant to the idea of getting around the real issue, which is control of their finances and more up-to-date business processes generally. Fair? 
yeah, and this isn't spelled out, you know, explicitly in the memo, but it kind of dances around this idea of the comptroller is already in charge of the financial statement audit and is uncovering a lot of business process problems as that financial statement audit unfolds. So it makes some amount of sense to also have the comptroller be you know, directly in charge, empowered with making changes to the department's business processes as those come as as those you know come to be realized through those financial statement audits. So I think that probably is part of the thinking here, and why you have so much of this centralized, at least for now, in the comptroller's office. But at, you know, I don't want to focus too much on the comptroller, even though I, I just said that that that's probably the biggest moving piece here. There's also, as I alluded to earlier, a, a bigger role for the Office of Cost Assessment and Program Evaluation. They're going to be given, uh, quote unquote, additional resources, uh, additional capacity to start doing more analytical studies of military force structure and what the military services are going to need in the future to build out their forces. And in in combination with the comptroller, those those two offices are going to have a bigger oversight role over the defense agencies and field activities, the so-called fourth estate, which was a big thing that the CMO had been doing over the past year. So, so they're supposed to take a portfolio approach to the budgets for all of those defense agencies and field activities, breaking them down into things like intelligence and analysis, research and engineering, personnel, compensation, and, and taking a broader view of all those defense agency missions and, and, and coming up with a more comprehensive defense agency-wide approach uh, to, to building budgets for those. And then some of the sort of lesser known, lesser understood CMO missions are going to basically go go back to where they were before the CMO office existed. So a second memo that Norquist signed this week recreates the director of administration and management. That That is something that had been rolled into the CMO during the Obama administration. That's basically the, the quote-unquote mayor of the Pentagon that runs the physical plant and, and is in charge of real estate for DOD in the National Capital Region. It also creates a, recreates, I should say, the assistant, uh, assistant to the Secretary of Defense for Intelligence Oversight, which is sort of this independent office that does exactly what the name suggests. And there's also a little bit of a Fatara feel to it. If it was a civilian agency, the Defense Business Council's Reform Management Group is gone. And now the DBC, the Defense Business Council, chaired by the CIO, Chief Information Officer, and the Undersecretary of Defense Comptroller. So that looks like that tying of finance and technology investments, which you're seeing on the Fatara side, civilian, is established pretty strongly on the defense side. Yeah, that's right. And the memo makes an explicit reference, good catch, to to Fatara. And, and that's that's exactly why they're involving both the CIO and the comptroller in that in that Defense Business Council. It does specifically designate them as the co-chairs of that council and, and will be in charge of exactly what you suggested, the sort of data governance activities across the department and uh, overseeing all of the, all the department's business systems. Kind of a bifurcated role between the comptroller and the CIO as far as this goes. The comptroller will be in charge of defining requirements for business systems, but pursuant to an NDAA a couple years ago, the CIO is now in charge of maintaining and operating um, and overseeing a lot of the, you know, the, the operational aspects of those business systems. That is to say, the CIO finally has that seat at the table, as they say. That's right. That's right. And this all goes into effect on what date so far? 
the, these changes that we're talking about right now, pursuant to these memos, take effect immediately on, on the day they were signed, which was Monday. There's a few more moving parts that, that are supposed to uh, that are supposed to happen by later this week. There's going to be, I mentioned Washington Headquarters Service uh, earlier. There's a, a deadline by the end of this week for them to establish a working group to kind of unroll the CMO responsibilities and reestablish them within that independent organization that will re- uh, report directly to the defense secretary and the deputy defense secretary. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.